God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Um, like we've said before, this is a church of wide open arms. And our desire, which is going to be straightforward, is that you make Jesus the Lord of your life and you make Downey First Christian Church your church home. And so we're glad that you're here. If you're watching online as well, uh, super glad that you're here with us. And so... Before we get into it uh, this morning, I just want to uh, give a short announcement. Uh, we have a uh, men's barbecue. Like, how many guys do we have in the room? Okay. How many of you guys don't like barbecue? Okay. No hands, right? Oh, one over there. Well, vegan. You can still come. You can still come. We might have a, a vegetarian uh, option for you there. Who knows? <laughs> John's laughing over there like, no, we don't. But... Um, what, what is going to happen in that, um, in that uh, men's barbecue next Sunday at 3 o'clock here at church um, is that I'm gonna, I, have a, I have a message that I want to preach to the guys in our church. Just, just for the guys in our church. And no, please don't feel discriminated. If, if it's your boyfriend, have him come. If it's your, your, your husband, have him come. I promise you. Uh, if he's giving you trouble, we're, we're going to fix him. We're going to fix him. Okay. Anyway, I can't make those promises, but honestly, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be a good time. It's from 3 to 4.30. It's not going to be the whole afternoon. It's going to be concise, and it's going to be good, and I promise you, you're going to be blessed. Um, we have a QR code there if you want to scan that, and I'll go ahead and sign up for that. Uh, you can do that, and we also have a physical way of just writing your name outside uh, as you leave through this door or through that door. You can actually sign up with a, with a, with a pen on a, on a sheet of paper. So that's going to be next Sunday. Very excited about this, and uh, I feel like it's going to be a good, a good thing for, for all the guys here. All right? So if you have your Bible, please go uh, to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. We have the scriptures on the screens, and I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this uh, text. It says uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 34. Listen to this. It's a kind of a well-known story, um, but it's very, very powerful. It says this. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. This is, this is uh, a moment in the life of Jesus where somebody comes up to Jesus. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Uh, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He then said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Your faith has healed you, is what Jesus said to this desperate woman. So, Today we're continuing a series called, called Christian Atheist, and we've been talking about this whole idea of, of, of living your life in contradiction with what you say you believe, right? We talked about that last week. It's this whole idea of believing in God, but living as if God doesn't exist. And last week we, ta we talked about the difference between, between believing and professing, remember? We talked about that whole thing, and what we said was your words, the words that come out of your mouth, will tell others what you profess. But your life will tell others what you actually believe. And so 
what, that's what we've been talking about through the, through the uh, last couple of weeks, and we're going to go on for about two more weeks after this. But, but today, today, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about believing in God, but living as if he is powerless. Believing in God, but living as if God is powerless. And so I don't know about you, but I believe in a powerful God. I believe in a God that is all-powerful, that, that is capable of doing anything in your life and around you. And I want to share a story, and this is a story that is, that is familiar to our church. How many of you guys know the story of Andrew? So Andrew, maybe you guys don't, don't even know who this, who this boy is. He's a beautiful boy. We have a, a picture of him right there. So that's Andrew. And so Andrew, um, he, he, was, he was diagnosed with leukemia about four years ago, I believe. I might, get, I might not get all the numbers right exactly. And he, he'd, been, he'd been suffering with leukemia. And sometimes he would get well, and sometimes he would go down. And it was just a whole hard situation uh, with their family. We've been praying for them a lot. We've been visiting them, giving them food as a church. They are so grateful for all the help that we have been giving them as a family through this church. In fact, this, this bracelet that I'm wearing right now, this, this bracelet was given to me um, at, at his end of chemotherapy party. And I want to show you guys a short video of, of, of the end of this whole process at the hospital. And you'll watch him in this video ringing the bell, which, which um, is a sign that he's, his treatment is over. Watch this video. treatment can we get can we give praise to God I mean this is just it's amazing it's amazing what God has done it's so so amazing so let me let me read to you Ephesians 3 20 it says this now to him Jesus now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us Romans 8.11 says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Whatever you ask, listen to this, whatever you ask or imagine, God, God can do immeasurably more than that. That's what the scripture is telling us. And the spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is alive in you and it's alive in me. And if God rose, rose Jesus from the dead, he can heal Andrew. He can heal you. He can give you breakthrough in the situation that you're praying for. He can bring hope into your life. He can restore that relationship. He can give you a new future. God is able to do immeasurably more than you can even ask or imagine. If you can, the, the biggest thing that you can ever imagine, he can do immeasurably more than that. 
You may say, Pastor, don't get carried away. Come on, that's a little bit too much. I mean, what are we talking about here, right? Why not? I, I would rather be guilty of too much faith. I don't know about you. And so, so here's what I'm, what I'm working on in my life. This is what I want to try to inspire you to do this morning. What I'm working on in my life is that, is that I don't want to hold back anymore with my prayers and my faith. I don't want to hold back anymore. Like if, if someone is suffering and somebody's going through something and that person needs to be healed, I want to pray for that person to be healed. I don't want to have a wishy-washy prayer like, yeah, if it's your will. I'm like, no, I want to pray full on. I want to pray for a revival in this church. I want to pray for a revival in your life. I want to pray that God will do, in fact, what the word says, immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine. Why not? Why not? You know, you see, the more I read the scripture, the more I am convict, convicted, convinced, and convicted that there is a correlation between your level of expectation and the intervention of God in your situation. I, I truly believe this. We, we were singing earlier, like, make us aware of your presence. Like, do you understand what, I mean, Okay, God is here. He is here right now. Whether you believe it or not, he is here. And so when we're, when we're singing and we're praying, we're not bringing the presence of God. We're just becoming aware of something that has been staring us in the face the whole time. I've heard it said with worship leaders, for example, like, um, you know, there's this worship leader and... Man, that worship leader, man, he just brought the presence of God, you know? And there's this other worship leader. That worship leader, man, he just did, he didn't do anything for me. And that is so theologically incorrect that I don't even know where to start. Because, <laughs> it's like, because what, what is true, what, it, what is actually true is not that God is here, because God's omnipresent, and where two or three are gathered in his name, he's there. Like the, he is there, he is present, he's there. And what happens in worship is there are moments where we just, we just become aware of something that was already there. See, um, Jesus talks about us being like children and how important it is for us to be like children. I'll read two scriptures that say this. Matthew 18, 3 says, And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 19, 14 says something similar. Jesus said, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven uh, belongs to such as these. Why do you think that we are called to be like children? What is it about child, childlessness that God wants us to be that way. What is it? Faith. Faith, right? Like, children are really gullible. Like, they believe anything, you know? Like, the tooth fairy and Santa and all these things. Like, I'm not saying he doesn't exist. I said as an example. You know? But, but you know, you could say they're, they're, they're gullible, right? And there's certain things in our life that, that God wants us to grow out of. But he does not ever want us to grow out of the potential that we see in God being capable of doing things. You see, you see, children don't see boundaries between what is possible and what is impossible. And God wants us to be like children in the sense that we will not put boundaries around the power of God. 
And so here's the problem, and this is, this is how it connects to the series, is that some of you, some of us, are, are Christian atheists when it comes to the power of God. Some of you here believe in God, but live your lives as if God were powerless. You have low expectations of what God is is capable of. And and I want to tell you this morning that that expectation is half the battle. Our expectation is half the battle. When I preach a sermon in the, you know, on Sundays I'll I'll preach and I'll, I'll, I'll pray at the beginning and I'll pray. That, that your hearts will be open, that our hearts will be open, because I know that I could preach the best sermon ever preached in the entire world where Billy Graham would be like, man, that was a good one, right? And if your heart's not open, nothing's going to happen. I could preach the worst sermon ever preached. And if your heart is open, you will take one scripture that I took completely out of context, and you'll take that scripture, and you'll apply it to your life, and it'll be life-changing. You see, your expectation into what God is capable of doing is half the battle. This is what I want to talk about a little bit today. Because, Because our level of expectation is so important. So important. What I'm trying to convey this morning is that there is a direct correlation between your level of expectation and the level of awareness of the presence of God. For example, here, you show up and you're like, ha, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to come to church, you know. It's not, nothing's going to ever happen in your life if you're not expecting or opening your heart for God to do something. But if you walk into the space with your heart wide open and, and desiring for God to do something in your life and for God to use you, It'll change everything. In fact, I would go as far as to believe that, to share with you today, is that that we see in the scriptures that your level of expectation can even affect the intervention of God in your situation. Now, before you push back and like, okay, that's too far, Pastor, I'm going to give you four examples in the scriptures we were just reading that. This, in Mark chapter 5, this, this, woman, this woman that had been bleeding for 12 years, and she went to all the doctors, and nothing had happened, and she spent all her money, and then she sees Jesus, and she has this crazy idea. This idea wasn't even Jesus' idea, by the way. It came to her mind. She's like, hey, I bet that if I touch Jesus' clothes, I'll be healed. And she goes over, and she gets through the crowd, and she touches Jesus' cloak, and she is healed immediately. And Jesus is like, whoa. Who touched my clothes? He's like, what do you mean? Everyone's like, they're crushing you. What, what kind of question is that? And Jesus is like, I felt power come out of me. So I know that something happened. This woman comes up to Jesus, falls before Jesus' knees. And then what does Jesus tell her? Mark 3, sorry, Mark 5, 34. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. So here's the thing. The healing seems to have been available in Jesus. Now, my question is, what would have happened if this woman would have had zero expectation and would have not come to Jesus and touched his clothes? You see, our level of expectation is half the battle. Mark chapter 10 talks about blind Bartimaeus. And blind Bartimaeus saw Jesus at a distance and he starts screaming, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. And then Jesus comes up to him and and says, what do you want? He's like, I want to see. Isn't that kind of obvious? You know, verse 52, Jesus says, go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. 
See, this healing was available in Jesus. So my question is, what would have happened if blind Bartimaeus would have had no expectation and would not have called out the name of Jesus? You see, our level of expectation is half the battle. On the flip side, Jesus comes back to his hometown. Matthew 13, 58, what does it say? It says, and he did not do many miracles because of what? Their lack of faith. You see, it's like miracles were available in Jesus. So my question is, what would have happened if in this town, instead of having lack of faith, they would have had abundance of faith? You see, our level of expectation is half the battle. Finally, this brings me to one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament, the story of Elisha. So Elijah, right, prophet of God, he's the one that brought uh, fire from heaven on the uh, Mark Car- uh, Carmel, and it was the, against the, um, the prophets of Baal, and he had this whole thing. Okay, so Elisha was his, was his disciple, right? And Elisha comes to this, this woman's house, and this woman's house, this woman was incredibly poor. She had nothing left. Uh, all she had was just a little jar of oil. And she was so poor that she came to the point to where she, she, had to, she was going to have to sell her children. Now, how many of you guys are in debt? Don't raise your hand, but if you're in debt, right? Yeah, you got debt. How, how many of you guys are in the situation where you have to sell your kids? Some of you guys, that'd be kind of a good deal, actually. You know, sell my kids and then no debt? I'm like, anyway, that's not true. But, but the point is, the point is, she was so poor. She was incredibly poor, right? And, and, and what Elisha tells her, she's got this little jar of oil. She's got no money. He says, go out and find as many jars as you can find. So she sends her kids, and they're collecting jars, so many jars, 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 jars everywhere. And then out of this little oil, she starts pouring out jar one, jar two, jar three. I don't know how many jars that they had collected, but they filled up all of these jars. And I love this part in verse 6, 2 Kings uh, chapter 4, verse 6. It says this, when the jars were full... She said to her son, bring me another jar. And he said to her, there's, no, there's not one jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. Okay, when did the oil stop flowing? When there were no more jars. Okay, so I find this very interesting. And you know what I always wonder? I don't know how many jars there were. 50 jars? I don't know. 100? Like, like if there were 50 jars, when did the oil stop? At jar number 50, right? And so the question is, what if she would have had 100 jars or 150 jars or 1,000 jars? I think that the oil would have stopped in direct proportion to her level of expectation. That's what I think would have happened. So the reason why I share this is because I believe that the blessing was in direct proportion to her expectation. And I think that the same is true for you. You see, our level of expectation is half the battle. So my question to you this morning, my question to myself this morning, is where is your level of expectation? Is it high? Is it low? Do you believe God has the power to restore your health, to restore your relationship, to bring you hope, future, to help you in your finances, to bring you breakthrough? Like, do you believe these things? How much are you expecting of God? Do you believe that what he says about himself is true? That he is able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine? And you may push back. And you may say, Pastor, I get it, but we can't control God. God is sovereign. 
and you are correct. And I honestly don't know how these two exactly play together. And I do know for sure that our, listen to this, this is so important. I do know for sure that our level of expectation cannot override the power of God. I do know that for sure, okay? In fact, I'm going to tell you another story. And this is, this is literally almost the opposite of the story that we just heard. And so I want to show you another picture. This is, this, um, this is baby, baby Milo. Okay, so this is baby Milo, and this is, a, this is a nephew of a good friend of mine. And so he's 15 months old, he has a brain tumor, and the brain tumor has gotten bigger in the last 10 days. It's gotten bigger. Um, baby Milo is in hospice care right now. He's not able to use his words anymore, he used to, and he used to be able to like, stand up on his own. He can't anymore because the... the Tumor's gotten bigger, and it's going down his spine, and the doctors, uh, you know, were saying that, that he only has a few days left. So just like Andrew, I have, I have a prayer board in my office, and I pray for Andrew, and I pray for Milo every single day. And so my question to you this morning is how should we respond to this? How do we respond to this? How do we respond to, to the fact that that Mia, some of you guys know Mia, Claudia's daughter, um, they found, a, they found a, a mass in her head. Part of, she's part of our church. She's been back to the hospital. How do we respond to this? So how do we pray in these situations? How do we pray? Do we, do we, how do we, like, like, do we believe halfway? Do we, do we pray faithless prayers? Do we expect God to do nothing? How do we pray? Because I know what happens when God seems to not come through and when he seems to not answer our prayers. Our, our level of expectation tends to decline. And it shouldn't. Which brings me to, to one, of my, one of my probably favorite phrases in the entire Bible. It's an Old Testament story. It's the story of, of, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember in the book of Daniel. So they're going into the fiery furnace and they're, they're refusing to bow down to these pagan gods. And what they, say, what they say is so beautiful. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, it says this. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Listen to this. But even if he does not, even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Even if he doesn't. I love that phrase so much. Because here's the thing. God, here's what God promises. This is the promise that you can, you can hang your hat on. God promises peace. He does not promise resolution. He promises peace. And there's something that, that, that I just, I was, I was asking for prayer today because I wanted to get through this message. There was this moment in one of the text messages that I received from, from Milo's dad. And he said that there was this beautiful moment as he was holding his dying baby in his hands, in his arms, and he was looking at the sunset. He was saying there was, it was a poetic moment that filled my heart with peace. That's God's promise. And that's what we can hold on to. 
But in the meantime, in the meantime, what are we going to do? Are we going to pray halfway? We are called to believe, to believe, to, to, to have high expectations of what God can do. And then you may say, well, what if he doesn't? I'm still going to expect, I'm still going to believe. You see, we can't control what God does, but we can control our level of expectation. What if I get disappointed? I would rather be guilty of too much faith than too little. So, I guess that's my question for you this morning. How's your level of expectation? Or are you a Christian atheist, believing in God, but living as if he is powerless? Remember, whatever you ask or imagine, God can do immeasurably more. And the spirit who rose Jesus from the dead is alive in you. So I'm going to ask everyone to just close your eyes here for a moment. Close, close your eyes and it's a moment for, between you and God. Because I think it's possible that some of you here this morning need an expectation boost. Which reminds me of a story also in the life of Jesus of this father that brings his son before Christ and his son was demon-possessed. And he was, he was desperate. He was desperate before Jesus. And he says this in Mark chapter 9, verses 22 to 24. I'm gonna, I'll read this for you. You don't have to look at the screen. Just think about what I'm saying. This is the father, this desperate father. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And then Jesus answers. It's such an interesting answer. Jesus answers, if you can? Almost like he was insulted by the lack of expectation that his father had. And Jesus says, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And so when I think about this father's desperation, help me overcome my unbelief, I think that that may be you, and that is a legitimate prayer. Maybe you're here this morning, and you need for God to help you in your unbelief, to overcome your lack of expectation. Maybe you're here, and someone in your, in your life is sick, or your marriage seems impossible or you want to get pregnant and you can't or there's healing, there's hope, there's something in your life that you, you've just lost hope in. And you need to pray for God to help you in your unbelief. And so think about that. And as we're, we're getting ready to pray here, um, Mia's mom is back there. Claudia, could you come on stage, please? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for Mia. We're also going to pray for Milo. Milo's situation just seems like the doctors say there's no way. But God has the last word. All right? Okay, so could you guys just raise your, raise your hands out toward the stage? And we're going to pray. God... Lord God, we, 
We're asking for a miracle. That's what we're asking for. And we're not holding back in our prayer. We are begging you this morning that you will heal Mia completely. That you will do something in her life that will be so evident to everyone that you have intervened in her favor. Lord God, we believe. We have high expectations of what you're going to do. We pray with all of our hearts, God, that you will show up, that you will do a miracle in her life, and this will be for your glory, God. I pray that you'll bring restoration. I pray that you will comfort everyone that's around her. I pray for Claudia, that you'll give her peace in her heart. We pray for this this morning. Lord God, we also present to you Milo. We don't know what's going to happen there. We never know. We don't know, God. All we can do is pray. And we ask, God, that you will heal him completely right now. We're not holding back. We're just asking, begging you, God, to intervene. Please, Jesus, please, please. Because we know that all things are possible to those who believe. And if we have unbelief, Lord God, please help us in our unbelief. And we pray this, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.